Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Green Suiters Podcast. This is episode 49. Wow. 49. Ooh. Can you guys believe that? We're we're almost in our 50s. Do you know what else is 49? We're almost worthless by society standards. Do you Ben, do you know what else is 49? No. Sedge 30 years ago. <laughs> oh, that ain't right. <laughs> that ain't right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I've been holding that one for a while. Oh my god. Damn, that's really good. He's been waiting 49 episodes for that. I, one. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. You're kind of close. What have you guys been up to? Uh, what do you get? I want to go first. Let me go first. Actually, no. Let's talk about the giveaway. Said, you know what? I like how Jason just kind of like steamrolls us in what we've been up to. Like he's the one that gets to decide what we do. Jason, the last time I checked, this is a democracy. Okay. Let's let's be honest. (laughs) Let's talk about the giveaway. No, I've got a. Yeah, I want to do the giveaway. Let's be honest. I've got a big deal. Okay, so everybody knows, uh, if you listen to the last episode, we have a giveaway with Leather by Dragonfly yet again, and the giveaway for the month of August is an apprentice apron. Woo! An apprentice apron, right? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So go to the website, enter for your chance to win. It's not an apprentice apron with a bunch of custom stuff. It's an apprentice apron, and I believe it was size small through 2X, if I remember correctly, and shipping to the United States. All 50 states, correct? For Leather by Dragonfly. So that's the the first giveaway we have. Well, as of tonight, we have a second giveaway. And this is going to lead into what I've been up to. Um, Somebody else is going to have their chance to win one of these uh, carbon coat cast iron um, finish sets. The same one that I've been applying the same one that uh, Mark broke the internet with uh, from his video and that got me interested in it. So I spoke to them literally 20 minutes ago before we got on this podcast. And I was like, hey, would you guys be interested in doing a monthly giveaway? I'm sure people would be super excited about it. And they said yes. So um, I'm going to have to verify the shipping, but I do want to say it's uh, U.S. shipping as of right now. Mm-hmm. If that changes, I'll let you guys know on the next podcast. Wow. But they're going to give give away a set. Huh. And to enter... Again, you just go to greensuiterspodcast.com Man. and fill out the entry form. I'm, I'm entering that one four, five, six times. Yeah. <laughs> I want one of those. Oh. Well, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to say this, okay, only because I see this every time I go through the names on the giveaways. I know when you're trying to duplicate your entries, people. Oh, come on. Okay? I know. I know when you're trying to do it. And when I see it, because I compare names, I compare addresses. Oh, man. D- deleted. Oh, come on. Okay. I just want that carbon code. Don't try wanna, to schmooze over. I want to try it out. Don't try to schmooze over. Okay? <laughs> come on. So let, let, me, let, let me talk about it. the company is Carbon Method. And Mark Spagnolo. this ties into what I've been doing. So um, Mark Spagnolo, the Wood Whisperer, um, I was listening to their podcast, and he had mentioned this product. This was weeks ago. And I was like, wow, that sounds interesting. And the reason why it interested me is because I've actually had like a ceramic coating done like on my truck before. And it made the thing like bulletproof for like two years. It looked unbelievable when it was applied. So that's what this reminded me of when he was explaining it. So um, 
then he released a YouTube video about it. And after he released the YouTube video about it, I went to the Carbon Coat website and was looking at the products. And I actually ordered um, the, I want to say it was the, the larger kit that is good for like three to four tools. Because my intent behind it was I was going to try it on my table saw, my band saw, and my joiner planer combo. And a couple days later, I get a, an email from Dan, who is the owner. And turns out he has a Hammer A341. And when he got his A341, he actually reviewed or watched my video multiple times because it helped him get his all set up and put together. So he sent me an email. We started talking about it. And he was telling me, you know, the, how the product came to be, some of the science behind the product, uh, showed me some pictures and some videos. And we just had this really good long conversation. At the end of that, he asked if I'd be willing to share with my audience the application and how I go about doing that because right now there isn't a lot of content out there about that. I'm going to do it, just to be clear. Um, so I've been testing it out on the bandsaw, and today I just finished doing the joiner planer. Like, matter of fact, five minutes before we uh, started recording, I was buffing out the, the fourth and final coat. Um, and I, don't, I can't say anything yet. Like, I haven't tested it. I haven't done anything like that. But application's super easy. Um, I went with a different technique of cleaning the cast iron this time. And Sedge, wait till you come over and see the, <laughs> the bandsaw on the joiner planer. The joiner planer looks better right now. I, I did some stories about it. It looks better right now than when I opened it up out of the crate. No kidding. It's unbelievable. You know how it was like stained? Yeah. Because of the, the other rust-free yep. stuff that I used? Mm -hmm. Cleaned all that off. I did something. I didn't do something really different in cleaning this time. I took a couple of things that I was doing before and combined them. Mm -hmm. And I will never steer away from this ever again because the results were easier, faster, I didn't need anything special, and they're better than any other time I've ever cleaned cast iron. Wow. You just, you just <clears throat> used some salt water, right? That's what you did to get it? Yeah, I just put a bunch of Coke cans that had condensation on them did you, on top yeah. of it, and I made a matching pattern of, of rust rings. Of my, rings, yeah. My joiner planer combo looks like the Olympic symbol. Wow. Did you use uh, yeah. petroleum jelly? Yes. Yep. Mm. It's really good for not only the cast iron surface, but also the wood. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mineral oil. Use that too. <laughs> I spray mine with heavy doses of silicone. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm super interested in it. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I'm really, really hoping. Like, I'm very. I'm hoping that this product does what it's what is advertised, because if it does, I legitimately, with the amount that I work in my shop, and the amount of product that I'm like, you know, cutting and milling and all that stuff i could probably get away with doing this once a year and wow. never have to worry about it anymore hey do you uh did you run anything through it yet or do you gotta let it dry no so the bandsaw i did yesterday uh it needs 24 hours uh you want to give it 24 hours before you you know do anything on it the joiner planer combo i just finished so i'm not even going to put the fence back on until tomorrow oh cool um but I am going to run some boards through it because I, wa I want to make a really big, uh, like an 18 by 24 inch cutting board mm -hmm. for like smoking meat and stuff, like trimming up brisket. And mm. I want like a big cutting board. So I'm going to use some of that cherry for that. But that's, that'll be the first opportunity I have it. And what I'm most interested in finding out is anybody that owns, that's listening to this, that owns a Hammer A341 or 31 or 26 will be able to attest that. It grabs a lot more 
than any other joiner planer I've used. And the reason for that, I believe, is the way that they mill the cast iron. It's kind of it's so, kind of like crossing grooves in it, doesn't it? Not crossing. It's or like it's like, or like a, over a half. It's like a half moon all the way down. Yeah, the entire it's, it's, thing. It's like a yeah, yeah. So I want to say it's it's like milled with this cutter head, like in a circle, basically, mm-hmm. um, and probably a much larger piece, and then they they do it down. But because of that, the grooves are actually quite a bit deeper. So unless I'm constantly maintaining that surface by putting glide coat or something else, it has a tendency because that cutter head cuts it so smooth. It just like suction cups down to that outfeed yeah. side. If this solves that problem, w- that alone is worth it for me. And from what I understand, it is 100% going to solve the problem. Interesting. So, yeah, we'll see. Enough about that, though. Um, other than that, I really haven't been up to much. Just waiting on Max to be born, which could happen during this episode, and I might have to leave. But Are we going to put it on the yeah, air? Yeah, can we... Can we keep the video rolling? Yeah. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Nicole Nicole said, "Hey, if I go if I start going into labor and I think it's time, do you want me to come in and go Max is coming?" It's <laughs> like, yeah. No, I want you to leave sure. me alone cuz I'm recording an episode, honey. Yeah, oh it can god. wait. It can wait until us three important people finish this conversation. Oh my god. Max can stay in there until I'm ready. Oh my god. <laughs> He better wait until 49, though. How's she doing? Is she feeling good? or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's feeling great. I mean, yeah. we're literally just waiting right now, you yeah. know? So I was really hoping that it would come today. I think my day today, I, I picked the fourth. I was hoping it would come today because that way, if it came today, we'd be home by Saturday, and then I'd be able to drink beer on Saturday night. The problem is, if we don't have the kid... I probably shouldn't drink beer, you know what I mean? Because what if she goes into labor? Then i got to drive to the hospital. That's not smart. Then she's got to drive to the hospital. Yeah, honey, you're fine. Honey, you look. <laughs> you're fine. I got this. Trust me. Yeah. I'll, I'll manage the GPS. We're going to McDonald's, right? <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Ben, what have you been up to? Traveling, obviously. Yes, I'm currently in Louisiana. Staying with uh, my best friend's family. They're throwing Jennifer and I uh, an engagement party for, for my family since the majority of them live here in the South. And so I drove Tuesday and Wednesday with my kiddos and uh, just been hanging out with them, let, letting the girls do kid stuff, ride four-wheelers, ride horses, play in the mud, play in the pool. And uh, we have our engagement party on Saturday. I'm picking Jen up from the airport tonight. And uh, she's going to stay here until us or stay with us until next weekend. And then we're going to head back to Virginia. So, more or less a vacation. That's what we've been up to. Sedge, what have you been up to? Oh, hold what? on. Hold on. Before Sedge answers, like, do you ever stay at home anymore? Sedge, am I wrong? But is <laughs> he is he not been, always on some sort of vacation? I think he's been on vacation since he graduated from school. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but I'm, I am traveling a lot. But this is like the last traveling that I should have to do for quite a while this is the last yeah right people pre-wedding. next yeah next month he's using patron money to go to the bahamas yeah <laughs> buying a bigger battery hey guys, for look, zero times times really hard okay buying a longer extension cord <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay sag what have you been up to Woo. i'm exhausted 
I've been working too much at work. <laughs> uh, had James out this week, put in uh, the 220, uh, the new oh, plug. Oh, nice. How's yeah. he doing? Oh, he's what a character he is. Such a nice guy. He's quoting me up a, a bunch of... Uh, a bunch of new outlets around the shop make it more convenient. Uh, this weekend, uh, Jason and I moved the uh, beer fridge into the corner. <laughs> kind of a funny story. Saturday, I I was down at the the Ben's house and we were having fun moving a recliner upstairs. Oh, and uh, oh wow! Yeah, and then that was uh, a blast. That was a fun. That was fun, huh? And then all of a sudden, I looked at him. I go. Man, I am so jonesing to move everything around the shop. He goes, I go, I could use help moving the fridge, the beer fridge. And he goes, oh, what? I'll come over in the morning. So he said, I'm on my way. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, not scurrying. I had everything moved. And I started to pull the fridge away from the wall. And I went, I think this thing's on casters. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> of course. So I called him up there. and I said, hey, how far out are you? You can turn around. He goes, 10 minutes away. I'll still come by. And so we hung out in the morning. Just That was fun, man. Just shooting the general BS. It was great. It was awkward being was in your shop funny. and not drinking beer, I, though. It was very weird. But as soon as you left, I started drinking. Um, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I Boy, you know what? And we talked about this while you were there, Jace. It's funny because the day before, everything was so well or, or getting more and more organized. And all of a sudden, it, it was chaos again because i took all those cis ports moved them over to the garage door that i'm going to seal up or a wall off eventually and i moved my k-packs back over and i'm in the midst of building those uh cis az drawer banks uh for um a miter saw stand and i've run into a couple hiccups there i have to do a couple alterations already like any normal moving around in the shop or reorganizing so, well, like I said, James was over, and we started talking about some electrical, and he's going to put some boxes in for me on that north wall. It ought to go well. And then also a 110, a new 110 for the um, for the beer fridge, uh, 110 outlet over there. And also, of course, he, he comes over, and he goes, I forgot this. Um, dual 220 box in. He goes, don't worry about it, man. I got it. I go, James, let me give you some money. He goes, no, I, I felt bad. I didn't quote you right away. I was like, okay, hey, um, make sure you send that quote in about a month or two. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He's just, his name is James Taylor. And Marianne just loves that. Because <laughs> yeah, she's a good dude. She thinks he's so cool. And he is. He's just really laid back. And that we always have great conversations while he's doing work. And I like just like hanging out with him. Yeah. So that's what I've been up to. I just uh, oh, and the other one is I spent a little bit of money this week. I Marianne, I put our final payments down on the Ireland trip. Nice. All right. We are so stoked. Um, yeah, it's when do you, when do you come back? Oh, uh, I think I come back November fifth. I'm gonna start my internship, and you're not even gonna be there. Whatever. Seriously, it starts on the second. Whatever. Oh, man. What am I supposed to do for three days? It's okay, man. Can it's I just okay. sit in your office and cry? Sedge isn't going to be there to shield you. It's all good. Yeah. Sedge, everyone's <laughs> being really mean to me here. Well, no, <laughs> actually, if you really think about it, the 5th, I think, is on Sunday. Oh, okay, yeah. So you'll probably start 
Monday, which will be the 6th. So let's see if all this goes through, that is. Yep. Wednesday. No, the f- the 5th is a Saturday. This is great podcast material, guys. Oh, oh, stop. Everybody loves us, Ben. Uh, Everybody loves it when we, when we look at our calendars and talk about it on the air. Everybody loves it. Hey, you know what? If Shop Sounds can ramble on about randomness and well, have you know what, Jason, such an entertaining we're not shop sounds. Such an okay. entertaining podcast. I think we can talk about a calendar. We're okay? not we're not them. Okay. This is a higher quality podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so for God's I did sakes. I just found out that you know Guinness uh, stout, it's brewed in Dublin, Ireland. I didn't know that. Hi there, it's Hans. Being a parent is tough sometimes, especially when you have the kinder, the running around with the hassle hund. Getting them all fed can be a hassle as well. The kinder, they want the panzerbrat, while the hunde wants the waffelschnitzel. Scheiße. Where's time for all these things? What if Hans told you that you don't have to waste your time and your money on all the foods and just feed them the bits bits? The flavorful food you can feed your pets and your kids. Hey, Hans, we're going to have to stop you there. Uh, this is an ad for Bits and Bits uh, Tool Company. What? What do you mean tool company? Hans thought this is all about kinder foods, not the tool companies. Oh, geez, Hans, just stick to the ad description. I'll take it from here. Bits and Bits is a proud sponsor of the Green Suiters podcast and a distributor of the nation's best router bits for your shop. They feature shank sizes from an eighth to a half inch and have a wide range of diameters of upcuts, downcuts, compression bits, and more. They sell bits for your wood, aluminum, metal, plastic, acrylic, and foam projects, just to name a few. Their bits are suitable for hand routers, router tables, and even CNCs. Each and every bit is slathered in Astro Coating, which is a super secret sauce that prolongs the life of your bits, keeps them running cooler, and keeps the cutting edge razor sharp. If you want to save some cash, use our promo code HANS15 to save 15% at checkout. Head over to bitsandbits.com to find out more. Wait, so how, how are you supposed to feed the kids and the hundo with the tools? I don't understand this. That's probably bad for their teeth, no? Whatever. <laughs> That's the right answer. Whatever. <laughs> I, f- I forgot to mention one thing. What? So, last month, uh, I was talking to one of my buddies who also owns an electric motorcycle. And we were uh, trying to... to to just like figure out a, a, somewhere we could go ride together that was kind of in between us because he's on the uh, northeast side of the state. I'm on like the southwest side of the state. And so we, we picked a, a route um, and we're like, well, let's let's try to get some other riders to come too. And I was like, well, you know, I've been thinking about starting a motorcycle club for a while. And I said, this would be like a great time to advertise a, a, an organized ride. And... Um, and so I, I created a motorcycle club on Facebook, and I like I just shared it to a couple motorcycle groups. Uh, we got like ten or twelve riders that are going to meet up with us. But uh, a magazine reached out to me like two weeks ago and said, "Hey, can we? Uh, we, we had a, a cover story that we were going to run. They they backed out of it, or, or their event got canceled. Can we put yours on the cover?" Wow! So this is the cover of the magazine. I saw and it. that is my motorcycle. How much you charge? So I thought that was, they they did it for free. They were gonna add, they asked me for like four hundred seventy five bucks to run it, and I just didn't ever answer them. And uh, and then they messaged me a few days later. They're like, "Hey, look, we really need to run this story. Can we just use your picture in your your event for the cover?" And I was like, "Sure." <laughs> so they did it for free. 
they wanted so, you to pay them yeah. to put it in their magazine? Yeah, it's 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 advertising, you know, and I it, it is an official organization. Um, huh. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Nice. That's kind really of cool, man. I feel like Ben is going to completely get out of all woodworking and just be about the motorcycle. I, you know, the, the one thing that makes me say no is is wintertime. I think I'm going to need to have something to do because um, there's there's a good two and a half months that I cannot ride here in Virginia. It just it's so cold and it's unsafe to ride. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what the winter's like. But that's you may be right. I don't know. Next thing you know, there's a bobblehead Ben Marshall at the Harley Davidson store. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. He's not even looking. I'm Ben Marshall. <laughs> you guys Hans Marshall. All right. Jason, you picked a really good uh, topic tonight. Yeah, we're going to talk about... Um, building versus buying. Because I feel like that's a, a big pitfall of woodworkers, especially uh, new woodworkers. And I'll admit that I was one of those people as well. Feeling the need like you have to build everything yourself. And if you don't, it's like, you know, super shameful. <laughs> like you should go bury your head in the, in the dirt because you bought a piece of furniture or um, you you know, bought a prefabricated something else. Um, I definitely I, used to be that way for sure. I can we, can we peel that, that back real, real quick? Okay. And because this is a conversation that I had with Eric, uh, Eric Gorges, whenever I, I visited with him a few months ago, do you think that you feel that way or have felt that way because you have a garage full of tools and you like, not that you want to justify the reason for having your tools, but it's like, well, I have all the tools to make it. Why wouldn't I make it? Okay. So for me, I, my mindset changed while I was doing client work. The reason why I felt like I had to make everything is because if somebody was paying for custom, that means everything should be custom. That, that was the idea that I had in my mind. So ordering pre-made legs or, uh, drawer boxes or doors or things like that. I was like, well, no, why they're paying for custom. Why would I, why would I buy yeah. those? Like I have to make them. They ordered this. Um, and then one day I quickly realized like, as, honestly, after doing some research and like pricing things out, the, the price of paying a company that specializes in that one task and is able to get their prices down to almost what it would cost you to make it yourself, not including your time. Yeah. That's when a light bulb went off for me and I switched. Yeah. Sedge, what are your thoughts? Uh, <clears throat> it's uh, it's your time and what's it worth. And that is a, such a tough because in kit building, building out kitchens, we used to have to calculate. And I was just on the phone with my business partner this week. We were talking about some machinery issues he's having finding parts and stuff and we were we were we were on that cusp of and we did it for one job 
because it was a quick job, but we ordered doors. And um, <laughs> we made a mistake in doing that because we had to set up our uh, door boring or a cup uh, hinge machine to bore out. We should have just paid them the extra, I think, five bucks per door to bore out the holes. And we said next time we do this, we would. Uh, we ordered them from Wallscraft, I think it is, is the company. And when they came in, the doors were absolutely perfect. Uh, we had to spray them out to match what we were doing. But it was worth it. And it, it's that's how cabinetry has become. Is um, Like, I always would um, uh, compare it to um, the medical field or hospitals. Because when I was a kid, there was an MD. And he would do it just about everything, you know. But then it got specialized, like ear, nose, and throat doctor, and yeah, you know, foot yeah. doctor, podiatrist, and this and this. It got really specialized, and then surgeons broke down to real specialties, you know, because they could concentrate on that. And then that's what's happened with cabinetry. You got a box company, you got a drawer, you got a door company. Usually, the doors and drawers are the same. You know, and it, it, that's the way it's become. But uh, I'll take it to another level, or not another level, a different situation where I was designing a class with another trainer at Festool once. And we were showing a technique, and actually I was using the technique this week getting ready for Festool Live. I was taking a 4x4 four four and tapering the legs. It, I call it a quad cut because you got to flip it over. I have a special layout jig that I've made. Um, uh, or layout template that I made, so you can do it with a 75, but you're left maybe with a possible offset, so you got to hand plane it down. And we were going to say, hey, we could use that with Rotex. And what we were doing is we were planning that class or the curricula for that class and thinking about six end users doing it. And Steve, the trainer, said to me, he goes, we're going to spend almost that whole first day or, first, or three quarters of that first day uh, – showing how to do tapered legs and I, he goes he said I, I don't know if i have all the faith in saying somebody who's really new to woodworking um that would slow the class down and i said you know what let's just order legs <laughs> and we did and we would order right. bulk from osborne's wood products yep and here's what the kick is those were maple legs and they came in absolutely daggone perfect and oh, when yeah. i called up and i started quoting now i forget who i was talking to at osborne and i go um uh, how how soon can I get these? They go, oh, we'll get them to you in a couple of days. I go, you have a hundred of these in stock? She, and she goes, she types, she says, I think we got a thousand fifty. Yeah, I, I was blown <laughs> away, and I was like, okay, so there's somebody who's a specialist, and w why waste the time in that class? I've used I've used yeah. Osborne Woods uh, many times. I've actually been there because I could just drive up there when I was in Georgia and buy stuff, and their facility is massive. But it's exactly that. You know, you walk in there and you're like. I like that table leg in the showroom. I like that table leg, and I want it in walnut, and it will come out, and it is absolutely perfect. <clears throat> so for me, it was saving time in a class so we could teach other things with the Festool system, and that was the farm table class. So yeah. um, I got one more about buying versus doing yourself. Um, and it's also, it's based on time. And I just happened to me. And you guys, I think you might have watched the video out there. It's uh, uh, my new shed. Several mm -hmm. people have said, why didn't you just build it? Well, it oh, yeah. 
cost of building materials today. I needed to do it. Uh, it was time. Do I have the time to do it? I think I'd still be overbuilding it. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell mm-hmm. you, I spent $3,500 on it. But it was delivered, set perfectly where I wanted, six-year warranty, everything. You go compare it to another shed out there. Everything's built 16 on center. It's I didn't do anything. And the next thing I know, I was moving into it. Right. <clears throat> so could I have built it? Absolutely. And I'd still probably be pouring a pad. I didn't pour a pad because I asked them. I go, people pour pads? Because some people do, but it's not necessary. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's... It's great. I didn't. It, it, for me, I'm not a shed builder. I want to teach people maybe how to use a hand plane or a new Festool technique or that video we dropped recently on calibrating the toe of the track saw is going kind of nuts right now. So I'd, I'd rather do stuff like that because that's the one mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Hibbs said I had to do or I should do because I uh, recalibrated his uh, TS75 when I was out at his shop. In Oregon, so there's there's not enough time to do every project, right? Yes, like that's that in itself is mm-hmm. is a pretty big reason. Ben, Ben, what are your uh, thoughts on this? Recently, I, I have have realized and, and agree with both you guys that it's it's really what's your time worth. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um, you know there's always going to be sunken costs in in a project that you're doing. And if you're a hobbyist, obviously the biggest time is your is um, is your time. Like it's not necessarily money. Um, it's you know, and especially if you're in the trades, obviously you're you're thinking time is your money, and so you're thinking, okay, how can I really maximize profits on a project? And um, you know, as I've gotten more into into riding motorcycles, especially when the weather's really good, I think. Um, as I said earlier, I think once the weather gets colder and, and I can't really ride as much that I probably will make more than what I'm buying just because I have the time and the, I really don't have any other choice to do anything else. But, um, you know, when, when it does come to, to making specific things and I think as long as is, and I think you said it earlier, Jason, as long as ordering, um, other parts or other components, of an overall project is cheaper than if you were to do everything yourself, then it makes sense to do that, especially if you're in a high production environment, or even if you're not high production, maybe um, it is just for one client, but if you quote those other components into the pricing structure, then it really doesn't matter that you order from other places. I think right now that really depends because of the the global shortage of a lot of, uh, a lot of things. I, I don't know if, you know, table legs are in, are in short supply right now. Um, you know, you maybe have to to make everything out of necessity because you can't order it right now. So I think it really just kind of depends. But I think my my new default is if I'm uh, thinking of, of making something or, or if I have a need for a new table or a bed or whatever, you know, I, I have a complete other channel now that I'm trying to grow and so it's like okay is it worth which is better for me which is going to lead to to more success for me that i make this piece of furniture or i order it or pay someone else to make it so that way it frees me up to do the to to create edit all this other content that i have to do now because i still do the podcast 
um, and stuff like that. So it's it's a balancing act. Like, what is my time worth more? Mm-hmm. So to, to make this thing, the, my only other caveat is if you if you enjoy making everything, then then make it obviously. So I want to I want to expand on that, right? Uh, especially based off what you just said, and that is if you enjoy making it and you're making stuff for yourself and you have yeah. the time and you're not in a rush, sure, why not make everything? It's just going to make you a better woodworker, right? Yes. There's no real... Yeah. There's If I'm going to make a credenza, like why do I need to order the doors for that credenza if I'm just making it for my house? Exactly. The realization that I had when I was doing client work and I said, wait a minute, I can... I don't have to be making these things. I actually sat down and did math and I'm going to run... I'm going to run the listeners through an example. And I'll use And Aust- I did English. I sat down and I did English. And I I <laughs> I did the math. Not I did math. I did no, I did I, math. I do I do math. I did math. <laughs> what what mean English? <clears throat> what what I mean did, words? I did some math. Um Anyways, you totally derailed me. Okay, so let's use Osborne Woods as an example. <laughs> Let's say, let's say you already have all the tools. Let's say you have a, a lathe and all that stuff. Well, when you're quoting out a customer, right, you're going to charge them for hours that it takes you to do a project. You're going to charge them for hours that it takes you to glue up, uh, you know, boards. You're going to charge them for the time it uh, takes to mill. You're going to charge them for that uh, product, you know, whether it's white oak or walnut or whatever, right? They want a farmhouse table and they want turned legs and you have the ability to do all that. Well, I would, I would urge any of you that are doing that if you're trying to find out a way to free up more time and make your systems easier, go and actually sit down and run the numbers on what the time it takes for you to, uh, to laminate the boards together to yes. make a four by four leg, to then mill that four by four leg and get it ready to be turned, then turn the leg, then go through all the process of setting it up and milling, you know, or you know, whatever type of joiner you want to do. I would be willing to, to bet, especially with the price of everything, right? Lumber is, yeah, the table legs may have gone up in price because of supply and all this, all these other you know crazy things that are going on in the world right now. But guess what that means? That your supplies are also going to increase. I think you'd actually be surprised to find out that in a lot of instances, when you add up all of those things, because all of those things do matter, it's actually more expensive for the client than if you were to just buy the part. And the reason I say that is because just about any of these distributors that you order things from, Osborne included... Um, you can create a business account. If you have an EIN and a registered business, you can create a business account. One of the benefits to creating a business account is that you get products at a lower rate and don't pay sales tax in a lot of cases. Um, I want to say with Osborne Woods, if I remember correctly, because I do have an account with him, I want to say it's like a 25 or 30% savings off of the retail price. So, you take that, obviously you're gonna probably still charge the retail price because you're getting it at the cost, the customer's not, right? If they needed to go buy it, they could go to the store and buy it. But there's all of these uh, things in place where you can actually get the things for less expensive. So that's when I was like, what am I doing, right? And if, if a client would ever like scoff at a price, that might be a scenario where I'm like, well, wait a minute, where can I cut money? Well, if I don't make that and I, and I hire it out, or I have somebody else do it, it actually may be more beneficial to not only me, but the client, because I can get this project done quicker and do another project and they can spend less money. And 
I don't, and you don't have to, the, the thing is, is your customer is just looking at the end product. I, sometimes mm-hmm. they don't even care that it's handcrafted, that leg is turned by you, you know, because it, it, but there is a pride behind that. I understand mm-hmm. that, but your customer doesn't care, especially if it's going to be painted, right? I, it's, it's better yeah, to sub I, I would it out. say that there, I would say that there is, there's more risk in doing it like that though. You know, because now you're dependent on someone else to help you complete this project versus, you know, if, if it's all done in house, yeah, it may take longer for you to make that overall project, but you have complete control over when that product is ready. Yes, because, I will agree with you in some instances. I will Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that, that, that it's going to be a perpetual problem, but even if you sub it out to someone else, you know, um, maybe it's not like this big company. Maybe you just sub out this component to another w- local woodworker. Yes, in that scenario, um, yes, I would agree with you. It's now your now your 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 neck is on the line for them to come through, and even even if you ordered something from a a, a, a proven distributor, there could be issues with that as well. I'm not saying it's going to happen all the time, but sometimes trucks get hit, you know, on the way to deli- to delivery, or there's parts get delivered to the wrong place obviously it's not something that happens a lot but it does happen and it's like murphy's law like if it if it's going to go wrong it's going to go wrong when you really need it mm-hmm. you know and so there's there is a little bit of of uh of risk that you're you're assuming there whenever you, well, you do that i mean in all fairness you really could make that argument about anything you could make that argument about the lumber you need for the project right assuming that the lumber store yeah. has it and they don't right I mean, part of the bid process is ensuring availability with your vendors in order to give a quote, right? Because you need to get current pricing, yeah. you need to check stock, you need to check all that other stuff. Having multiple companies that you use, like Osborne, shouldn't be the only company you're looking for legs. You should have multiple companies. And But now if I'm subbing it out, like you're saying, like, I need this woodworker to create this base, 100% I agree with you. Um, I want X woodworker to finish my tabletop for me, 100% agree with you because now you are relying on another individual. I think when you're relying on the yeah. business, it's a little bit different because you can have backups um, that are relatively more reliable. Um, but that is that is a good point. Yeah. So what about what about a another scenario, right? Where I'll, I'll use myself as an example. We just moved into this house. There's lots of things, lots of things that we want to get done. So we're trying to prioritize what those things are. Well, my, my priorities are different than my wife's priorities. Imagine that. Um, something that I really want to do, I want to build two desks because the desks that we have are the two crappy desks. Uh, they're not bad, but the two desks that the people that lived here before left behind because they're big and heavy and they didn't want to move them. But I don't like them. And I want to build two really nice desks for uh, our office. And when I think about that, it's like, okay, well, when am I going to do that? The first thing I need to build is this dining room table. That probably won't take me too long, right? But then is Nicole want me going to do something else? So now I'm in a scenario where it's like, okay, well, it might be six, seven months before I build those desks. Why not? Why wouldn't I just find a couple that I like and buy them now, you know, and maybe readdress that later on a year or two down the road when, I, when we've grown, you know, old of those i think that's another scenario where it's like do you build when or buy when is it needed yeah yep yeah 
Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, as we're sitting here talking, I, I think that the only the only thing that would get me to, to make something right now is if Jennifer wanted you know, would would like me to make something. Aww. And so I, I think if it's like a I, I think if it's sentimental Aww. Sorry. <clears throat> I had something in my throat. I had something in my throat. I apologize. If it's, if it if it's something sentimental, like it's it's being gifted to someone, then I think it's totally cool to make everything yourself because that person would appreciate it all the more. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. Well <laughs> I, I sell like it out, also, I just buy something that Mary Ann yeah. wants from Jason. Yeah. I I also feel like it depends on what it is that you're building, right? So there's a big difference between, um, you know, Farmhouse Tables Direct and Eric Curtis. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, Farmhouse Tables Direct does one OSB. thing. They make Farmhouse Tables, and they're probably making 10 a week. I, and Farmhouse Direct, I don't know. It's, it's like, I just made that up. But then you have Eric Curtis. Infringement. Like I use Eric, Eric Curtis of Direct. Yeah, <laughs> Eric Curtis is making these like cool custom art pieces. He wouldn't be like, I'm going to make this crazy box with a hidden compartment, but I'm going to sub out the box that goes in the hidden compartment. You know what I mean? Like, but this is yeah. my art piece. Like, he's going to make everything because every single thing he makes is completely unique. Um, and it's it's all part of the, the, the build. So, like, why would he do it? But the farmhouse table company like why would you turn your own legs just order like a thousand of them and make a hundred tables in a, you know in a month like it it really you know depends on what it is that you're doing obviously that's another big factor yeah now i can tell you that uh when we redo my kitchen you could not pay me enough to make all my own doors and drawers not going to do it hmm. I will not do it. I will build every box, but I will tell you right now, I will absolutely order the doors based on the box measurements, and I will prop the drawer boxes, maybe not, but even that I would probably order out just so I could get everything in place and it's all ready to go, right? And those companies are designed specifically for that, and they will, they will show up in most cases, the doors specifically, and probably be better than what I would do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, well, I, mean, I mean, a monkey with a screwdriver can make better doors <coughs> than you, Jason. Right. Like, think of it like this. Think of a kitchen. Think of the scale of rebuilding an entire kitchen. It said you know this, right? Mm-hmm. The scale of rebuilding an entire kitchen. It would take you just as much time, if not longer, to build the drawers and door boxes. I mean, it would take longer. The doors and drawer boxes than it would for you to just build all the boxes and install them. Right? Oh, yeah. So imagine building all of the boxes or having the measurements, contacting a company, paying a little bit of extra money for top quality work, and the stuff shows up to your door and you just assemble it while you're working on all of the boxes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how it, it works. It cuts the project in half. You just send them your file. We used to send our file from KCD, and so they, they, would, they would go, yeah, we got it. No worries. And you just yep. tell them the style you want, the bore you want. So this this made me think of a video that I watched today. It was like a really quick, uh, like YouTube clip or something, about how, you know, someone says, "Oh, I can build this. It'll be cheaper than I bought in a store." And I think we've talked about it before, how like it is never cost effective to build your own furniture because of the tools that are required. Like some guy, he he had this, um, he called it like AirPods Dirty Secret or something like that. His AirPod. Uh, 
his earbud charger, the battery went dead. And so he called Apple saying, hey, I want to replace the battery in my in my charger. And they're like, oh, it's, it's just cheaper if you just buy a new one. And he's like, oh, no, this is, you know, this is wrong. Big corporate America, you know, you know, they should be able to, to replace this or I should be able to replace this for cheaper. And so he goes in this whole like spiel about how you can repair your own iPods case. And he's like, you know, I found the, the battery for it. I found the charger because I wanted to change into a USB-C. He goes like in this whole like customization process. The amount of tools that this guy needed to do this was well over the cost it would have cost him to just buy a new stupid AirPods case. But he's yeah. like, there, there, I did it. I made the world's first USB-C AirPod case, and it's got a fresh battery in it. Take that Apple. And it's like, you just spent like 700 bucks on tools. Like, right. This is dumb. Just and buy so a new case. The funny thing is, is like, you, the argument that you could make with woodworking would be, because I totally see where you were going with that, but you could make the argument of like, okay, well, now you have the tools and future projects will cost less, but everybody knows once you get some tools, then you buy a lot of tools and then you buy better tools. And so the, the spending never stops, even for me. But that guy, <laughs> what else is he going to do with those tools? Is he going to, like, <laughs> six years down the road, if his battery dies again, like, thank God I bought yeah. those $700 in tools back then. <laughs> I had a really I mean, I, great. I, think obviously, I had a great experience this week at Apple. I went in. I had an appointment. My uh, uh, AirPods um, were crackling, and they just scanned it and they said, "Well, your AirPods are out of warranty." But the good news is, you you might be here for the recall. And I looked at him. I go, "I am." <laughs> <laughs> and if the, he goes, "Do you have your receipt?" I go, "Yeah." But he goes, "I can also look it up because you register, right?" I went, "Yeah." He goes, oh, you bought these in February 2020. The recall was anything before October 2020. And I went in, and I sat for maybe 15 minutes. Somebody called me up to the thing and said, let's test them. They tested them. Next thing I know, guy's walking out of the back to the tech, and he's putting two new fresh pods into my charging case. Okay, so That's I awesome. need to do that. Do you notice how I'm not wearing one yep. in this year? Yep. This is this is the second set of AirPod Pros yep. that I have had the left ear go out and start crackling. And that's what happened. My left ear went out, and he tested both of them. He goes, I go, dude, when I'm taking off in an airplane, I have to take them out because the crackling really increases. He goes, yeah, probably when you put them back in, there's a, a beep. I go, yeah. He goes, no worries. Won't happen ever again. Just set up an appointment at the, uh, at the uh, Apple Store. I all... I just about spent two hundred dollars on buying a third set. Mm-hmm. I might Wait, take you my said old set too. Before October twenty twenty, yeah. any any I AirPods so. bought I before think, that. I think that's what it is. He goes, yours are part of the recall. Do you have the I pros? Say, like, set, yeah, I got have, the pros. Yeah, so uh, I never had the yeah, issue mine. with the regular AirPods. Only the pros. Yeah, mine are the regular yep. ones. Those are the pros. Mine are the regular ones. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Man, well, maybe that's not. that's a knowledge bomb. I'm freaking going to Apple tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm taking them in because I'm tired you know, of it. I, anyway, I, I, I just I, I just think that you know, I thought I was going to buy a whole new set. <laughs> Me too. And now you're good to go. I'm going Definitely tomorrow. Check it out. I need to find the Apple Store. But I think that's where the the enjoyment of it kind of overtakes the. Uh, the, the logicness of it of, of building your own furniture if you enjoy doing it. 
you know, and, and I think that if you if you're if you're buying tools and you keep those tools, they never break. You never get rid of them. They last forever. I think obviously over time, and depending on how much furniture you make, mm-hmm. it'll it it does pay for itself like long term. But in the interim, in the beginning, like it is, it does not save you money. It's so much more expensive. To build your own stuff. Well, I, I love it when I see people that are like in the DIY space that are like, I built this table for $200. And of course, it's a table out of, you know, Lowe's and Home Depot lumber. And then they're like, and all you need is these tools. Maybe they only spent $300 on those basic tools. That table didn't cost you $200. The table cost you $500. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? If you built yeah. it again exactly the same way, sure, it would only cost you $200. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, the, the more you make with it, the more that, that that price difference diminishes, you know. So there's one other side to this that I thought would be interesting to talk about. We may have briefly addressed this on another episode, but what about when it comes to chop stuff, right? Jigs, sleds, uh, all that stuff. I mean, what's the justification to, to build versus buy in that? And I, the reason I'm bringing this up is because you wouldn't believe the amount of people in my last shop when I used those Rockler stands that were like appalled that I used the oh, Rockler yeah, stands for the miter saw station you build your own? Or, or the assembly table. It's like, really? Like, do you know how much, like if I build a full plywood base for this assembly table, you know how much money and just plywood alone, especially nowadays that would be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to do it. But the the hatred that came from that, like so disgusted, it's like, I want to work. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, again, it goes back to your how what's your time worth? You know, would I would I rather spend? Let, let's say that the project you want to do takes twenty hours, but then you've got to build the, uh, this jig or this you know shop furniture, whatever, to help support it. Well, now you're at thirty or forty hours. So it's like, would you rather spend 40 hours just to get the one thing that you want to build? Or do you want to just do it in 20 hours? Like, yeah. that's why I, that's the primary reason why I buy a festival is I don't have to worry about building jigs for everything. You know, no. like I pull it out of the box. It's accurate. I don't have to do anything to it. There's, there's nothing that I, I there's no setup to get a domino to, to plunge accurately. It's already good to go. There's nothing I have to do to the capex to get it to cut. It's already done. You know, I may have to calibrate the, the, the trimming attachments. But, well, even, even then when I, when I got my trimming attachments, they're already good out of the box. They're already zeroed when I get them out of the box. So it's like, I don't have to spend time on doing dumb stuff. Like, you know, I think um, Lincoln Street Woodworks, uh, John, he's got this video of, you know, him with a, with a mechanic's... Um, or with an engineer's calipers, <laughs> you know, he's trying to test the the accuracy of his sled. It's like, yeah, it's off by uh, three thousand, you know, three one thousandths or whatever I've seen it that. is. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, who was it? Who was it that was in the video with him? It was a, it was a parody um, video. Izzy, Izzy, yeah. Izzy's like, why are you trying to do? Yeah. Why are you trying to do so accurate? You're making a a shoebox. Yeah. You know that that video is hilarious. And, Three thou, so three thou. I can get yeah, it better than that. It's yeah. about, it's off by about three thou. Yeah, and so it's, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit down and, and look at things so meticulous. Um, I understand that some people do enjoy that, and again, if you enjoy that, like knock yourself out. Like I'm glad that you enjoy that, but me, I don't want to spend time building shop furniture. I don't want to spend time, um, 
unless it's a cis bench, you know, no, easy plug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would just rather make the thing that I want to make instead of having to make all the supporting equipment to go with it. It's just, that's not how I want to spend my time. So when... <laughs> Jay, I can't stop laughing. Every time I hear someone say hatred, I think of hatreds. <laughs> and I can't, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> the hatreds. The next Hans ad, not, oh, well, by the time people listen, they would have already heard it, but you guys haven't heard it yet. Hans' I, next ad reads pretty funny, too. Yeah, something I find funny, because I'm not one of those people. I'll build a jig for something if I, if like I need... It's totally off the wall, and I know I'm probably only going to need it that one time, and maybe I use it for something else later. Then, of course, sure, I'm going to make it because it's, it's you know, related to what it is that I'm doing at the time. But for something like a crosscut sled, I'll be honest with, with everybody. If I was to make a crosscut sled, the only reason I would make a crosscut sled is for content and plans, and that is it. So there's yeah. a motive there, right? I'm not doing it because... Yeah. I needed to replace my Incra 5000 that I does everything any miter sled would ever do. And I didn't have to do anything with it. I just bought it and I never have to worry about it again. But one thing I find funny is when I do see people that make these like the ultimate mega super, you know, whatever, I'll use a miter sled as an example. Look at all the things that it does. And after you like add up all the things that they bought for it and the time that they put into making it, then it's like, well, you could have just bought an Incra, right? Or you could have just bought like a really yeah. good miter gauge that would do all the same things. Yeah. Um, and the the funniest part about all of it is that like, I, I, I guess it's not really funny. I, I think the reason why people are probably inclined to do that is because at the time they're looking for something that meets their needs, right? So the Incra is great. Yeah, but maybe it doesn't do exactly what it is they're looking for. So they make something that or, does. Or they just need something like right now and they can't, yeah. you know, maybe the, maybe a rocker or a woodcraft is too far away or, you know, maybe the order would take too long and they, they need it immediately. Like that's that's a little bit different, but I would hope that you're able to, to kind of plan those things out a little bit, you know, in advance, so to say. But yeah, I, uh, I, have, I have, if someone... You could not pay me to make a, a jig, you know, like a crosscut slide or something like that. I would, I'd rather smash my face with a hammer than. Yeah. Hmm, like I said, though, there are times where making a jig makes sense because, you know, I want to use the table saw to cut, you know, these castle joints or whatever, right? And I don't want to go buy. Um, yeah, you, the, a, the a mortiser or a. What, what's the, Sedge, what's the, the piece that you can use at the table saw? It's like a clamp, slides in the miter slot, holds boards vertically. What the heck is the tenoning name of that? jig. Tenoning oh, jig. More than tenoning jig. Right? Yeah. So, like, maybe you don't want to have one of those laying around the shop for the couple of times that you do it. So, sure, yeah, make a quick jig for this project and then, mm -hmm. you know, throw it away. Or keep it to the side yeah. in case we ever do that again. Mm -hmm. But for, like, regular, you know, things like a crosscut sled it's like unless we have them and we're just brushing over the fact of saving money because there are people that i need a crosscut sled and i don't have 350 dollars to spend on one that i'll never have to replace i only have 50 bucks i need to use some scraps around the shop totally understand that yeah um 
but I think that's probably a scenario where somebody's like early on, right? Once you kind of yeah. start to get the feel for it, you know what capabilities each thing has. Or when you build seven jigs, when you could buy one thing that does all of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's another consideration. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's, you, know, one, you guys are talking about jigs, working on power tools, but there's something that people make a mistake about. There's jigs and there's holding fixtures. And I always see sometimes when people say, oh, this is a jig. Well, it's actually a holding fixture to run by maybe a table saw or a router bit. I, I, there's a couple things that I build that are, I call fixtures uh, for my hand tool bench. And it's a bench plane. I mean, oh, God, bench plane. A bench hook and a shooting board. And everybody needs to do those. But here's the thing I've seen. People are actually making them. People are actually manufacturing shooting boards now. And I'm just like... Hmm, really? I go, I can knock one out. I could knock out a bench hook probably in about five minutes. You know, and it doesn't have to be fancy. And the people think, oh, I gotta, I gotta join this by wood. No, just a couple screws. And it makes using a handsaw effortless. So I just want to point that out. That's just some, there's some jigs and fixtures that I just prefer making than buying because I don't need things fancy. I just need them to do the job and do it well and do it quick. Hey, this is Ben, inviting you to join our growing podcast community over on Patreon. As a member of our community, you'll get early and ad-free access to each episode, as well as invites to our monthly group call with the community. Also, you'll be able to participate in the direction of the show by submitting your questions for upcoming episodes, as well as pitching some great product ideas for Hans to read in the mid-roll ad. Use the links in the show notes below, and we'll see you on Patreon. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's that's a great example of like, I need this to do one very specific thing. There may not be things that you can buy out there. Um, but for me, if there is a jig that I can buy, I will buy it before I make it. Mm-hmm. But those are going to be the more common jigs. Tapering jig, crosscut sled. What the hell's Ben doing? Uh, probably uh, talking about how awesome he is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe, hey, hey, we're still maybe, number one. Maybe he's talking about his uh, his uh, wedding dress. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are stupid. In the centerpieces. Hey, what are your centerpieces? Have you guys decided on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm making them. Nice. You're not buying them? Yeah. No, no, I, I, I want to make them. I'm making, um, I'm making all the centerpieces. I'm making... Wooden cocks? Um, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my so God. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm making a couple things for the wedding. I'm sorry. I forgot you had a 3D printer. You could just 3D print them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, told, I told you guys the story of WorkbenchCon my f- second year there, right? This, yeah, well, um, somebody was handing the, something out, huh? Yeah, little tiny 3D printed <laughs> penises. Oh, it was no. hilarious. Oh, my God. Who was uh, that? Um... He hasn't been active on social it's media. Naughty, naughty dog. Naughty, naughty dog. Work. No. Yeah. Yeah. Naughty dog. Yeah. He's an Air Force guy. Naughty log. Naughty, naughty log. log right? Naughty log. Yeah. He yeah. walked up to me. He's like, yeah. "Here, I made this especially for you." And he just had these tiny little, three D printed penises that he was handing out to everybody. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. He's funny. He's very funny. Cool. Anyway, I think I think we've probably beat that topic up enough. Yeah. Hey, is this is a but he got any get bends? <clears throat> no, I don't. Actually, no, no, I don't. I just some really, just some really weird comments. I have one. It's not, it's not really great, but I'll read it anyway. I, 
I like went through all my comments since the last podcast and every one of them is positive except this one. He's just giving me a hard time. Uh, I think we need somebody though before I read it. Yeah. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for your favorite segments. We like to call Get the Bents. <laughs> Get the Bents. All right. Get the Bents. This one is on my. Maybe we should have Bits and Bits sponsor Get Bent. So it'd be like <gasps> Bit Bents. Yeah. <laughs> no. Bit Bit Bents. No, that's not I don't think good. they like the hatreds. Get bent with bits and bits. Get bent with bits bits. Um, this is on my uh, latest release, the soundproofing my garage woodworking shop. This person states, please, can we stop calling it dampening? It is completely different thing to damping. Thanks. Is damping, is that when you make things wet? Yeah. Somebody give her a damp, damp this towel, please. My, the feedback, my, on, the feedback on that video has been surprisingly good. My shop is moist. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. We have completely blown over something, Jason. What? Dan Harmon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did I did so I not just, tell you about just that? Just so you know, as soon as I saw that it was, I I I have studied Dan Harmon. I had a um, had to write a paper on him for a screenwriting class. He's one of the most prolific screenwriters in America. Like, okay, I, you I want was, me to tell the I story real quick. I mean, not shocked, but I can get why you wouldn't know him. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, Dan freaking Harmon. Do you do you want me to share the story? And Jason was like, oh, I I had to like look up who it was. Yeah, go. Ahead. All right, I'll share the story for those that they'll get a kick out of this if they know who he is. Anyway, the other day I get tagged by somebody on Instagram on somebody else's post. And that person was Dan Harmon, and I didn't think anything of it. I actually thought that the post was somebody just reposting other people's content. And the content was uh, a snippet from my soundproofing video where I was talking. Actually, I, I won't get to that part yet. It was, it was really a snippet. Good. It was a snippet from the video, and all I saw was the guy's name. I saw that it said um, YouTube, YouTube woodworking channels or something. Uh, you know, these YouTubers are going down the rabbit hole, and it said something like deep, deep down the rabbit hole. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. So I tried to, like, comment on it, and the comments were limited, so I couldn't comment on it. So then I... I think I got out of the post for a second and then I went back and I was like, what the heck is the post of? Well, it's a snippet of the video and I'm saying, you know, how I was terrified at that moment. I was terrified that I wasn't going to be able to work in the shop uh, because my kids and my wife would be sleeping. And then I said, uh, but all of that's uh, not about to not be an issue or something to that effect. <laughs> yeah. And he stops the video. Clip. I won't have to worry about that soon. Yeah. I won't have to worry about that soon. And I was referring to my retirement coming up, right? Where I'd be working during the day. Didn't even catch it. And then he pauses the video and, and he edits it. So it starts to zoom in, I think. And it had like this really mellow music playing. 
or no, it's like a really ominous yeah. like yeah. drone hum. Yes. You know, like dun, dun, like dun. something bad's coming. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 dun. And it, it I actually ended up watching it twice and then I find it, I was reading the comments. Actually, I read the comments first, and I was like, these comments don't make any sense. Why is everybody talking about murdering my wife and my kids? Like, it made no sense to me at all. Then I listened to it, and when I listened to it, I immediately put two and two together. And then I was like, who the heck is this Dan Harmon guy? So sure enough, you know, I go on Google, and I'm like, Dan Harmon. Yeah, he's a freaking Emmy-winning writer. Like... He wrote kind of, Rick and Morty. Yeah, kind of a big deal, right? <laughs> so, so Dan Harmon, he he has probably one of the best breakdowns of storyline structure, um, like the way that he categorizes it and like the formula that he uses, which is why you know um, Rick and Morty has won so many awards because of how how he breaks down each episode. It's 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 a really good story loop. But um, I'm gonna have to watch. When it I now. saw that, I was like. I was like, are you freaking serious right now? So Yeah. It was pretty I cool. Was, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was even funnier that you just had no idea who he was. Well yeah, that's somebody I wrote no me idea until he told me. Somebody I don't wrote even me know a message. Rick and Morty is. It's like a cartoon T V show. It, it's an adult show, but it's in court cartoon form. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think he was involved in Adult Swim too, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I'm actually I've actually been thinking about that lately. I'm like maybe I should watch a couple of those cuz a bunch of people said it's actually a pretty good show, but um Yeah, it was just <laughs> it's just crazy to me cuz I'm like what the heck? But I had somebody write me and oh, I think it was uh Jevin. I think Jevin uh Cheney from Cheney Concepts. I think yeah, he told, told me, me about it. Well, when he told or when he saw the the stories, he actually said he was probably watching one of your YouTube or your YouTube videos. Cause apparently he got into woodworking during the pandemic. <clears throat> so he's a woodworker. I started like scrolling through his page and realized that, yeah, he, he liked, he like had a, f- a full shop and everything. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But he's like really into woodworking. It's just weird when you see that kind of stuff, like, you know, Jason and Keith, you know, the ended up building with, you know, the outdoor seating thing. Yeah. For, the bench. Yeah. For, uh, Neil Patrick. Neil Neil Patrick yeah. Harris, yeah, like crazy, right? Like Neil Patrick Harris is out there watching YouTube videos and stumbled across yeah. his. You know, it's just like what? Yeah. Anyway, it's pretty cool. And, and like when that happened, I was explaining to Jennifer what had happened, and uh, I was just like, you know, you, you really never know who's who's watching your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you really never know how you you know who you're going to impact and how that can lead to to uh, opportunities and stuff like that, and so. You never know. Yeah. You don't. You never know, man. I mean, that guy, uh, Josh Heron, he's an AMA superbike racer. Mm-hmm. And he was really into woodworking, and he would, he would message me every once in a while. And I looked him up one day, and I was like, oh, dude, I didn't know you, uh, you know, did AMA racing. And when he came to Indianapolis, I, he was like, hey, you want to come hang out in the, in the pits? And I'm like, sure. I, I, I didn't know you dabbled in motorcycles. Yeah. It was just cool, though, because I got to go, you know, he was like, yeah, come yeah. on down. And we talked about woodwork and stuff and YouTube and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then he went and raced his motorcycle at 200 miles an hour and mm. it was awesome. Just like you Brian know? works with Chip Ganassi, too. Yeah. Yep. You never know who's in your class or who you're talking to. Yep. Mm. Interesting. Pretty cool, man. That's, you know, and that's that's something that you could never 
anticipate or plan on or coordinate. It just the randomness of the internet kind of coming in. If anybody wants you, to have a good time and read a lot of funny comments, go to Dan Harmon's yes. Instagram page. Find the post that he did on my video. It, it's Jason's face. It, it's you won't miss it. And read the comments because it it's is hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. They're like people are saying stuff like, "Yeah." We know where the bodies are buried. I've seen, or we know where the bodies are. <laughs> Drywall covers them up real well. I've, we've all seen Sicario and like just all yeah. kinds. Of, it's awesome. <laughs> bodies are good oh, for snow dampening. Thank God. All right. Anyway. Cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen. This has been episode 49 of the Green Series Podcast. Thank you so much for giving us your time and attention. If you want to find out more about us, you can go in the show notes. I've linked all of our YouTube and Instagram accounts. If you want to be a patron, be a part of our growing podcast community, again, go to the show notes, check it out. If you want to win some cool gifts, we do monthly giveaways. Again, go to the show notes for the links for those. And until episode 50, we'll see you again. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody.